Hey there, Perfect Movie listeners. This is Steven. The episode you're about to hear was released one year ago this month on the bonus disc, the Patreon feed of the two Gomers. Our Patreon subscribers, we call them Gomertrons, get brand new episodes of Perfect Movie each month, plus the result show for every movie and additional bonus apps depending on what level you subscribe at. Now that a year has gone by, we're releasing the main Perfect Movie episodes to this feed so the public can hear them. If you want to stay up to date and hear these episodes a year in advance, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash twogomers to subscribe to the bonus disc. And if you like what you hear, make sure you check out Overcoming Runner's Block. That's our health podcast where we chase big goals, face our excuses, and invite a nation along for the run. You can find Overcoming Runner's Block wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, here's the episode. Happy listening. While movie audiences were sheltering in place during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, movie studios were racking their brains about how to keep those audiences engaged in Hollywood in its sudden absence from their lives. Most of the ideas had to do with whether or not to release films that were already finished and scheduled to hit theaters, and how. Few were thinking about creative new material, especially stuff that had been on fans' wish lists for decades. Enter Nancy Myers. Through email, phone call, texts, and the newly and wildly popular Zoom platform, she assembled the main cast of the 1991 wedding hit she'd penned and its baby-themed 1994 sequel and did what no one thought she'd ever do. Wrote, produced, directed, and released a third entry in the series. While the movie was significantly shorter than its predecessors, clocking in at 25 minutes, and happened exclusively in the aforementioned Zoom format. It was breezy, fun, light, and free, and injected much-needed familiarity and coziness into an otherwise strange and cold moment in viewers' lives. Plus, she cast my best friend Florence Pugh as baby Megan all grown up, and oh yeah, Robert De Niro showed up too. Soon after the glow of its premiere subsided, fans went right back to clamoring for a third, full-length movie, with the word grandfather in the title, maybe? But Myers seemed satisfied with the small gift she gave the world in 2020. And of course, the one she gave us in the 90s, Mr. Box. We're the two gomers. We're talking Father of the Bride. And this is Perfect Movie. to Perfect Movie, a podcast where two regular guys try to save the universe one great film at a time. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Stephen, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Stephen's choice. Oh man, this one, I feel like I should be wearing khaki pants, like a linen shirt, pressed tucked in have you ever seen something's gotta give keanu reeves in that movie has a a severe uh turtleneck 
white turtleneck cable knit sweater that is to die for. I oh. wish I had it. Did I? Do you know when I watched that movie? No. This is like so random and rare. I watched that movie just me and Ma Ois. <laughs> A friend of ours, mother. Yeah, <laughs> that, that you just watch something's got to give a pretty kind of like I mean no Nancy Myers movies are raunchy but that one is probably her raunchiest yeah <laughs> watching I mean, it I, with Ma Ois like for that was the summer after senior year maybe or one of the college summers maybe yeah we always used to go to the Oises they were the place to gather right and yep. uh it just I, happened that you were alone in the house with Ma Ois and you were watching that movie. Yeah. So right. I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know how that happened. Well, it, I don't know if you remember the sweater that Keanu Reeves has in that movie, but it's pretty, I mean, it's baller. That okay. sweater is I wish great. we were wearing that. One of us was wearing <laughs> that for this right now. <laughs> no, you have your comfort <laughs> movies, right? Yep. Uh, Day After Tomorrow. Deep, Deep Impact, Impact. The Firm. Um, right. Yeah, October Sky, The okay. Martian. Right. Um, this movie today, Stephen's Choice, Father of the Bride, mm-hmm. fits firmly into my top comfort movies. So do, I mean, wow. lots of Nancy Myers movies do. But when okay. I see that kind of opening, that, that yeah, um, yeah. Yep. Sylvester trill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> You, you're not quite sure what you're looking at, but it ends up being the a champagne glass with like the yep. '90s font, that Total. Touchstone logo. Yes. I just kind of sink into the couch, mm-hmm. and it, there, and that is my happy place. This kind of movie, which we haven't talked much of, of these, just like gentle. Yup. Oh, for sure. Gentle, low stakes. Yep. Movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I put, I put, I, I wrote down a few like Nancy Myers, like um, just like if you, if you, you know, when you have a website or something and it's got all those words, some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller, you know, like oh, I see, like a word cloud. That's what you yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. Adjectives to describe, <laughs> which make a Nancy Myers word cloud. This here, this is the word cloud that I came up with, just real quick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I put um, heart, mm. feel good. Yeah. Cooking. Mm. Food. Yes. Okay. Yuppie, upper middle class, white. Yes. How great houses. Great set design. Oh yeah. White, khaki, tan beige. <laughs> I like that white has <laughs> appeared twice on this list because <laughs> this is a white. I don't know if there is a per oh wait, BD Wong. But he he's yeah, a great. Jew in this movie. His he, name is Howard Weinstein, which is oh, one of my favorite jokes in Father right. of the Bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that the one person of color is a Jew. <laughs> totally. Ooh, yeah. The, I mean, the, the, I mean, I, I I suppose I could be ashamed for loving this movie so much when it's so white. But there's something that is like rich white person problems they have to like come up with problems and i just like the effort just um, what problems could these people possibly have you're so right just manufacture like little kinks in perfection and then myers puts pen to paper and you get 
an hour 45 out of it. Yep. Oh, for sure. Uh, It does feel good. It washes over you. You're right. I mean, there is a, I mean, there's a certain escapist element to just like everything is nice. Mm -hmm. And like I said, heartfelt and there isn't a lot of angst. Like the main angst in this movie is Steve Martin just not being sure if he can afford all this. Okay, and then, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's just like, is he too obsessed with his daughter? <laughs> That's and how will he pay for her wedding? That's, right. Th- those are the two like tensions in this movie, and it's kind of like <laughs> nah, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, but okay. So th- yeah, this is like um, this is man. You put the nail on the head. It's a perfect equivalent of my sort of comfort movie, which usually has something to do with space. Your uh, your comfort movies tend to have some a little bit more tension in it, like yeah, but yeah, a castaway. Like oftentimes it's about a right. person finding themselves or a person being alone. Walter Mitty, Walter Mitty, totally like a four movie, mm-hmm. like you know finding out somebody's true identity or that somebody is special, uh, yes, or or you know uh a striving kind of movie like a math like the martian is perfect right like where it's something like somebody has to figure a yep. problem out that's cast yeah. away too yeah. yeah so but this yeah. is a seven movie and huh. and so is that okay. first half an hour of the firm yep because it's so comfortable yeah and sure. provisionary and yep. um uh, so, okay, this is a Stevens choice. I'm wondering if I can also choose how we talk about this movie, which is I would like to go into the trial pretty quick here. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I watched it last night by myself. Oh man, <laughs> because the rest of my family has seen this movie so many times. Wow, they we made a deal last year that I would only watch it once a year, but okay. It's always during Father's Day, and so it's May when I'm watching this movie, and so they were out. It's not been a year yet. They refused to right. watch Father of the Bride with me. Um, okay. So I'm watching it alone. That that let me take copious notes. Mm. And so what I would like to do is actually in the trial do something we haven't done before, which is walk through the entire movie beat by beat. Okay, totally into that. We're going to need more time for that. So I'm wondering if we can get to the one sheet pretty quick, yep. VHS copy, and get into that trial ASAP. Yes, absolutely. Let me just mention. Oh, you know what? I'll mention that when we when we walk through the movie. Okay. Do you I have any strickens? Oh, I do have a few strickens. Okay, let, let's do a couple strickens before the trial, also, because I always like to do that at the opener. Why, why don't you do the? You want to do the one sheet first, then we'll do some strickens, and then I'll read the VHS. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So, Gomer one sheet, mm. December twentieth, nineteen ninety one. Now, is that right, or was it September? Because Wikipedia or something like that said September, and then IMDb said December. And IMDb has been off a couple of times. I remember this being a Christmas movie. Okay. Um, And that that could be because of the snow in the movie, but and because the Sylvester score actually sounds a little bit like Christmas music. Yep. Um, so I could be wrong. I just always get a Christmas feel sometimes from this movie. Yeah, when his theme comes in at the end and it's snowing, but it also yep. has the bum, bum, ba-dum kind of thing. 
Yes. It also has kind of like the, the chimes and bells of that, right? Yes. Yep. It does have a Christmas but vibe, It's so old Hollywood. Like, <laughs> yes. if this recording had been done, was like on vinyl and done by like a 1930s orchestra... It would sound right. exactly like old Hollywood. It does well, not. Well, I wonder sound, if that's on yeah. purpose because it's a remake of the '50s movie, right? Oh, Are definitely. they purposefully calling that back with the score? Even yeah, there's only one turn that sounds to me Sylvester like. Like I had to look it up. Okay. Like I was like, this doesn't sound Sylvester at all. There's one turn that almost goes dee da 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 da. Like there's one <laughs> transition. That every time it came around, I was like, that's Back to the Future. But other than that, it never, it doesn't sound like Avengers. It doesn't sound like Back to the Future. It certainly doesn't sound like Romancing the Stone. It, it's it feels like when we were, when we've talked about Hans Zimmer, where he really had a certain thing in the '90s that is totally yeah. different than the Zimmer yes. today. For sure. Future Anthony here. Steven has an incredible point right there. And I've been spending the last like two weeks digging into Alan Silvestri more. And my take here is totally wrong. This is so 90s Silvestri. I'm embarrassed that I didn't hear it more before. We'll talk about that more on the results show. So Silvestri had something in the 80s and then he transitioned into something else in the 90s for this kind of movie. Yeah. Um, and then now he's now he's doing action stuff again. Totally. There's one moment, um, and it was actually in the part three-ish. I don't know if you watched Uh that or not. Oh, yes, we watched that during the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. I watched that Mm -hmm. last night, too. Um, I haven't seen part two in probably 20 years. So I'm... Mm -hmm. But anyways, so I'm assuming they were calling back to a piece of score from part two, and it sounds very Forrest Gump. Yeah, th- so there's <laughs> there is more action in the second father's ride. There's more like running around. <laughs> so there could be like dukadum, dukadum, stuff in the, okay. in the in the second one. That's more uh, Silvestri. Um, okay. Forrest Gump. Fro- I mean, those those two movies are ninety four and ninety three and ninety four. I think so. That might have just been the phase he was in. Okay. Yeah. There's total feather theme. Okay. Um, it yep. comes up in I'm guessing part two, since they okay. That's pulled actually all the sounds music pretty familiar from those yep. two for those Zoom things. Um, mm-hmm. There was nothing original. Okay, so I'm gonna go with IMDb, December twentieth, nineteen ninety one. Okay. Budget was twenty million. Mm-hmm. Comes in at an hour and forty five minutes. I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm, There's that's... fifteen minutes I could take out, and I'll tell you what they are when we get there. Ooh. I can strike them actually. <laughs> really. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, gross to the box office, almost ninety million, eighty-nine million. That's great. Yeah, that's good. I think worldwide was over one hundred and fifty. I mean, these movies oh, did well okay. in the nineties yeah. for some reason. For sure. I, I mean, it. Steve yeah. Martin, mm-hmm. huge star, yes. transitioning from comedian, comic actor to like America's dad. Right. This was after Parenthood, right? Yep. Yeah. I so think this it is, was. Yeah. Following Parenthood, which was like a the transition point for him, um, you know, from being the SNL 
the jerk, the, the stand-up. We are two wild and crazy guys. Roxanne. Uh, yeah, Roxanne is somewhere in the middle there, right? Where it's okay. like, I love Roxanne, by the way, but like he's sort of like, he, he's an everyman, but he still has a long nose, so he's a weirdo. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? This it's like we can take just so much of every man, Steve Martin. Let's also give him a super long nose. I actually have never seen that movie. I just remember the nose and that's it. It's a Cyrano de Bergerac right update where he like is in love with a girl and feeds his poetry to the handsome man and then she finds out the spoiler okay. alert, she finds out it's been this long-nosed every man all the all along. I think he's a fireman and that movie too. Okay, is he share? So, is it share? No, it's not share. It's Daryl Hannah, I think. Oh, why do I? Maybe I'm confusing it with Moonstruck, but that's nothing like this. Yeah, but those those two actors at that point really fit the same mold, right? Cher okay. and Daryl Hannah were. I, I think they would have. They probably go to the same auditions. Okay, got it. Is there another movie with Steve Martin and Cher? Maybe. I'll look Maybe it up I'm... while you keep going down the thing. Okay. Awards and achievements. I have nothing of note. There were like five nominations. Actually, the score got nominated for some sort of music award, but no like Academy Awards or anything like that. No, um, I'm not surprised. This is not a Oscar <laughs> favorite. Right. This movie. It's based on well that yeah. Okay. I was gonna make I was gonna say like fast cash food isn't gonna win a James Beard Award, but you actually like it more. <laughs> Right. And maybe potentially. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, written by Nancy Myers. It's based on a movie from the 1950s. Uh, I mean, it's yep. written by Nancy Myers and a few other screenplay people, mm -hmm. which I'm sure are great, but I just didn't write them down. Uh, directed by Charles Shire, who's her husband. And we've talked about this before that really, you know, they're working together on everything. This is a Nancy Myers movie to yes. me. And so is Baby Boom. Um, yes, the, the, both both directed by her then husband Charles Shire, right? But I think we talked about this with Graylin mm -hmm. when we talked about S Sleepless in Seattle. Yes, where Nora that Efron. was a right Efron and, and Reiner double hander, right? But yep. it's an Efron movie to me. Yes, um, and it's just kind of Reiner along for the ride because he wants to do all kinds of different things. Yeah. The the Nancy Myers of this movie is just so undeniable. Yeah. I, I read a lot of stuff that she was actually co-director, maybe even directed more, but needed his name on there. Okay. As director because of the the place Hollywood is at that was at that point. Kind of sucks. Yeah, but it does. I consider this a Nancy Myers movie. That's why we keep saying her name and I can't even remember sometimes. Her husband's name, yeah, Charles I've, Shire. I've never even heard that name before, honestly. I'm yeah, sorry right. Um, sc score, Alan Silvestri, like we talked about. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I'm a music guy, that's like top importance. Um, great cast. I mean, for me, people that stick out in the cast, we're going to talk about B.D. Wong. We're yep. going to talk about Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin's having a big year yeah. this year. Because Home so Alone, right? And this movie in the same year. Oh, wait, is that right. Kieran Culkin or Rory Culkin? Oh, I don't who's, know. Because I think the, who's the kid that pees the bed? Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Oh, yeah, 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 that's Fuller. 
Yeah, go easy. He's going to wet the bed. Yeah, for sure. That's Fuller. That's Kieran Culkin. Absolutely. Yep. So he, I mean, I'm wondering if people were at that point thinking, which Culkin will, will rise to the top? For, like Culkin Wars? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Culkin Wars. <laughs> I mean, like, let's think about it. So, because t- other movies released around this time, Terminator 2, Silence of the Lambs, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, City Slickers, Dances right. with Wolves. So this is the... That this is by order of home of the box office. Number yeah. six yep. at the box office for 91 is mm-hmm. Home Alone, which yeah. came out in 90. So, right, we're a year that in- movie, which <laughs> came out two months before the, the year even ended, is yeah. top box office. For this. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, that's and that's his brother, right? So, like, that's his brother. Um, and now, now, um. This didn't make top 10 box office, I don't think, because we've got Beauty and the Beast, Rocketeer, Hook. Right, uh, right. It didn't well, and maybe it didn't because it came out December 20th. Also a fair point. Yes. They, I wonder you know where it shows up in the 92 box office. Let me You're, look. Yeah, just look up box office mojo 92. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they should have like a 12-month like it should be easy to look up. Well, I guess you can. Eighty nine million was the worldwide gross as of whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. I'm I'm not seeing it in ninety two anywhere. Oh, Father of the Bride is twenty one. Okay. In ninety two. So the Culkin Wars, Macaulay's still crushing it. And he does crush it in ninety two also because Home Alone Two is number four. Yeah. In ninety two. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, Kieran. See, Kieran has like an HBO show now. I think. Well, yeah, he's on he's Succession. Like, he was on Scott Pilgrim. I like Kieran Culkin a lot. Yeah, and me he's, too. I mean, he's he's lasted in Hollywood way longer than Macaulay did. Is it? Is he the long game versus the like child star? Yep, I you think know? he is. Okay, he did, you did it, Kieran. Good I sh- mean, Macaulay's fine. I follow yeah. him on Twitter. He seems fine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, but Kieran okay. is making a lot of money right now yeah. in, a, in, a, in ways that Macaulay probably is just living off his home alone money, which he's still super rich from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes on here, 70% critics, 70% audience, just nice in that meaty part of the C curve. I mean, that's a D, I, I guess. But Sometimes I love that meaty DC curve. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> You know what I mean? I just love it. Yeah. Would that be like a three and a half on Yelp? It's yellow, not quite yep. red. Yeah. But, I mean, that also depends on who's voting. Um, right. Okay. One other thing on this and that, that I thought was interesting is other cast choices we often don't get to or, or have good ones. I thought it was interesting. Right. A bunch of different sites said that Phoebe Cates was originally oh, cast. Oh, your best friend, Phoebe Cates. I know. You've met her. I met her, right? She was sitting right in front of me and Aaron when we went to Shakespeare in the Park, and then her husband came in right before the downbeat, Kevin yeah. Klein. Yep. She's like, oh, I love it when great regular story. people get great seats to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, cool. Um, it was probably my khaki shorts that gave it away. Um, Might be, yep. That would have been a very different movie, though. Um, yeah. And then lastly... Disney really did not want Diane Keaton for this. Particularly, so I think, weird. Katzenberg. Uh, I wonder why. So I guess there was a movie called The Good Mother that came out right before this that was terrible or controversial. I've never seen it. 
The good uh, mother. I was thinking the there would be a godfather issue. Uh yeah. Like I'm just wondering if there are certain actors that studios are like, nope, she's K from Godfather. You're n- no audience is ever gonna buy her as a regular person. Wow. Could you um, imagine that that's where know. Diane Keaton's career ended? Although Annie Hall. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You're right. Baby boom. You're, you're, you're probably more right that there was some sort of flop previous to this, and so they didn't want to put money on her. Yeah, that's what one of these, uh, like, 15 things you didn't know about said was <laughs> there was a flop. <laughs> um, now, I don't know if it was a flop, just a flop, or if it was also if there was something risque or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Um, and one last note that was interesting is that neither Diane Keaton nor Steve Martin had kids at this point. Neither of them were oh. parents. Wow, that is interesting. I think it colors it in an interesting way that like one of the best dads you can think of uh-huh. wasn't even a dad yet. What an actor, this Steve Martin. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a new idea. Let's okay. not do Strickens right now. Let's save them okay. for while we're talking through the, talking through the movie and then we can strike things as we go. Super um, good, love it. And, and But I need to show you something. Now, okay. eagle-eyed 13.1 viewers might have noticed that I've been amassing a new collection behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm showing this right here. I have started to, when I go to a thrift store, a thrift shop, mm-hmm. I go to the VHS section. Mm-hmm. And if there is a movie that we have done on the podcast, I buy the VHS for 99 cents or $1.99. Oh, I love it. And so I've got a collection here. Mm-hmm. I knew we were going to eventually do this movie. <gasps> Watch your DeLorean. It almost fell. Whew. A few almost... good men almost knocked it over. Oh, I want to see that too. Okay, let's see it, brother. I've got, so Father of the Bride, I've got the, this is the first oh, time I'm going to actually read the VHS copy <gasps> off of the VHS. Goosebumps. <laughs> um, look at that. Oh. I know we were smelling the firm, the book, last week. I'm smelling, ooh. It actually just smells like Goodwill. <laughs> okay. But you were not be kind. You didn't rewind, bro. Look at that. I would oh. not be kind. I used is to love being kind. I think actually this is rewound. I used to love being kind and rewind rewounding when I worked at Blockbuster, one of yep. my favorite jobs. You just put it on that rewind machine. Ooh, I love it. All right. Yep. So I am reading the actual VHS box yeah. copy. I, I wanted to show you this picture on the back. Look, it's like a wedding picture of the three of them. I love it when they do this in movies, like or for yep. press stuff, when it's shots that weren't in the movie. Yes. Yes. And I actually like this one in particular because it looks like a wedding picture. Uh-huh. That had been... T- it's like obviously a publicity shot, right? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Diane Keaton, Steve Martin, and Kimberly Williams. Is that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just standing there like they would be. Yeah. In a wedding shot in the 90s. With the quality, like the same kind of photography. Yes. 90s. The, the same background. See that like <laughs> yeah. textured blue background? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Father of the Bride. Irresistible USA Today. Mm. Marvelous NBC TV LA. In this hilarious update of the much-loved Hollywood classic, Steve Martin turns in a winning performance as George Banks the befuddled father who has a hard time letting go of his young daughter, charming newcomer Kimberly Williams, 
when she unexpectedly announces her plans to wed. Tickling funny bones and touching hearts of critics and audiences alike. (laughs) Yuck. Sick. You can leave my funny bone alone. Quit tickling that. This entertaining treat chronicles George's hysterical trials and tribulations. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Leading up to the big event. Trials and tribulations. (laughs) I can't wait to talk through this movie. Leading up to the big event, Diane Keaton shines as George's patient, level-headed wife, while funny man Martin Short lights up the screen as the -the off-the-wall wedding consultant. Father of the bride promises to love, honor, and deliver the kind of motion picture fun you'll thoroughly enjoy! Exclamation point. (laughs) Good news, nation. It's in color. 105 minutes. Nice. Um... It says digitally remastered on this VHS. I guess you can digitally remaster something and still put it on video. Hmm. On an analog. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's weird. That's super weird, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put this here, right here next to me, so I can look at it the whole time. Okay. I love that. Okay. Let's go into the trial. Put Father the Bride on trial. Find out is it a perfect movie? I used to think a wedding was a simple affair. Boy and girl meet, they fall in love, they say I do. I was wrong. That's getting married. A wedding is an entirely different proposition. You fathers will understand. You have an adorable little girl who looks up to you and adores you in a way you could never have imagined. Dad, I met a man in Rome, and we're getting married. I'm sorry, what did you say? I'm engaged, I'm getting married. (laughs) Right then, I realized my day had passed. Annie, it's a little nippy out. You might want to put on a sweater. Dad, it's okay. I'm kind of warm. So there's a chill in the air, and you've been on a plane. Dad, I'm fine. Annie, it is kind of cold out. It is? Yeah. All right, thanks. I'll get my jacket. I was no longer the man in my little girl's life. Old dad was history. If I remember seeing someone who looked like Brian's twin on America's Most Wanted. First, the wedding of our children. Wedding coordinator? What's a wedding coordinator? We're gonna color coordinate with the swans, right? Swans? I have a great idea where we can have this wedding. Where? The steak pit. I don't think you want the word pit. Wedding invitation. I hope George didn't get lost up there. He's gonna be fine. Finally, the big day arrived. The day I'd been dreading for the past six months. Well, actually, for the past 22 years. Before I knew it, I had to let her go. I'll just uh, go ahead. Touchstone Pictures presents Steve Martin, Diane Keaton. Martin Short, and introducing Kimberly Williams. I'm told that one day I'll look back on all of this with great affection and nostalgia. I hope so. Good night, Mr. Banks. Drive carefully. And don't forget to fasten your condom. Dad! Seatbelt, I meant. Seatbelt. Father of the Bride. All rise. Hey, how's it going over there? Can't wait to talk about this movie. Thanks for making me watch it, dude. You're welcome, Dr. Knudsen. <laughs> Anytime. Um, okay, we're in the trial. 
We, by the way, we picked Father of the Bride because it's Father's Day. Did I already say that? I don't know. If we you said did that. not we, say that. We, we I, I picked this movie because I do watch it every year in June for Father's Day's times. I watch this movie. I watch Father of the Bride Part Two in pretty quick succession. Okay. Um, once in a while, I'll watch The Godfather also mm. because there's a lot of there's dad stuff in there, obviously, and also Diane Keaton is in there. The movie's all about family. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a different kind of family. Right. Um, this is how it works on this podcast. If this is the first time you're listening next year in 2023 when this comes out on the main feed, we pick a movie we love. Sometimes one of us does, and then it's either a Stephen's choice or Anthony's choice. This is Stephen's choice. I love this movie. We talk through the movie, and then we, after that's all done, we act as its defense counsel and present evidence, or actually we do this during the time. Two exhibits apiece. Did you bring evidence? Even to my actually, choice? Actually, I, even though it is yours, I do have two pieces of evidence if we want to get to them. Wowzers. So sure. as we're talking through, if we get to that piece of evidence, you'll hear this sound. Chunk in. I know the law. And then we attempt to prove to you, listener, and to one another, that the movie is not only good, but it's perfect. And then after we're done, this happens after we're done. Listeners, you act as judge, jury, and possibly executioner because I get a vote. Anthony gets a vote. And you get a vote. 75% yeses from the nation equals a yay. If we get three votes, perfect. We send this VHS, this actual Whoa. VHS, Whoa. to Jabba the Hutt during the cantina scene in episode four so that we don't have to see him in that movie at all because he's a hideous mess. He watches all the movies we send him and he converts into a good guy by the end of episode six, but it's too late. Princess Leia has strangled him and he died. <laughs> it's deathbed conversion. Sorry, Jabba. We're going to try to do that anyways. It's it's better than nothing. Okay. So, um, like I said, I would like to talk through this movie beat by beat. Is that okay? That sounds super fun, dude. I love okay. it. All right. I already mentioned the Touchstone <laughs> logo. <laughs> Perfect. Um, right? It's Touchstone, isn't it? Yeah, I, it's got yep. like that blue bar that goes across the bottom, and then there's yep. that very 90s kind of circle with the, like a little lightning drawn yep. like at the end, and you just know you're oh, yeah. in for it. Deedle, 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 right? Right, yeah. I think, I think um, you're right about that. I think that comes before uh, Three Men and a Baby. That's another one that it makes me think of. Mm-hmm. You're right, because... That's on Disney Channel, and Disney owns Touchstone, but doesn't yes, put everything on. So this wasn't on Disney+. Plus. You're right. So that was annoying. We did have to pay for it, but worth it for the podcast, of course. Great. Uh, yeah, Touchstone wasn't that sort of like Katzenberg um, trying to, you know, an adult, not adult as in a, you know. Um, no, you're right. Like live action, non-kid movies. That was yes, their Disney. like... That yep, that was Disney's like way to try to break into that, um, and so they put out a bunch of stuff in the eighties and nineties. And like, you're right, Three Men and a Baby, mm. Fathers it of the Bride. It looks like it to me. Yep. Um, so okay, we've got that logo, <laughs> the Touchstone blue logo, and then like I alluded to earlier, that champagne, Sylvester score kicks in. Mm. Um, you get those. That 90s font, Father of the Bride. 
And then I, I was hoping that you'd see right away that it was a Silvestri score. Um, yeah, I busted my phone out and okay. checked on IMDb because I couldn't tell. Yeah. Like, it could have been Hans Zimmer for all I know. You know what I mean? Like, in that <laughs> yeah, era. Yeah, totally. Yes. And now it sounds, the opening first few measures sounds exactly like the beginning of Pines of Rome. But then, clearly diverges from that. But man, does he make it sound like champagne. Yeah. He totally, yes. he totally makes it sound like champagne. And then what happens at the beginning, we, we come in in media res, Steve, the, the house is already a mess, right? And it's this kind of like movie trope where you see a person they're like, you're probably wondering how I got here, right? It's, right. It starts at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get this Steve Martin, well, he narrates the whole thing, but here we get this Steve Martin like monologue about right. like... My daughter used to be a baby and stuff. Oh, yeah. So how did he record? Like, did they have a camera crew there at the wedding? Like, when did he do this? Before the phone call at the end? Yeah. So, like, they must have taped. You're saying, like, when they taped this scene versus when it comes back to it at the end. No, IRL. Oh, like no, this is, somebody's actually taping this. You mean the yeah, wedding like, photographer is also hired to make a video of his like testimonial? Yeah, like this is like breaking the fourth wall, talking head sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he does do that, and he talks all about oh, I used to be able to hold her hand in my hand and all this stuff, and you start oh, getting an idea of yes. the kind of guy that this is, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the introduction to him. Um, and then also that this movie is about, he says one thing like two people getting together and spending the rest of their lives together is a marriage and that's nice. But what we're talking about is the wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are two different things. Yeah. So then you get, then he starts narrating what actually happened. You go back like four months or five months. I can't remember. Yep. Um, maybe more than that. You get a look at his place of business. Mm, I love that. Sidekicks. Yep. So he's in the <laughs> sneaker game. Yep. Now yeah, he in the owns a sneaker. So I, you, I always think when I'm watching this movie, how did he get so rich? Because they're obviously rich. I looked at the what their house is going for currently, and it's two mm. million dollars in 2016. Um, it must be because he's become independently wealthy from owning this sneaker company. Yep. So he's an entrepreneur with an idea. Yep. Like yep. he's got a sneaker company that looks like it. It seems like he started it from scratch. I guess they never really said that, but I've always assumed that. It also is like the factory floor of sidekicks and he works in the office above. So it's not like Nike. Right. I, I don't know what small. is this like I, bespoke sneakers or something he's he's making or like <laughs> I don't know all I know is that I love the logo sidekicks it's like this really boxy yeah. 90s logo I asked for Father's Day I want a sidekick sweatshirt nice and I want a um a trucker hat like Sylvester Stallone wears and over the top yes. and those are both available on Amazon so I'm Cross my fingers that I will get those two objects. Okay, those are both fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, I, I I picture sidekicks as sort of like Allbirds, like a startup. Yep. Okay. Um, like sneaker company. So mm-hmm. I love that little bit yep. of, you know, little bit of plot development, character development. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's unique. I will say, so right there, actually, there's a stricken right away there. Okay. Is he throws on, and this just is a not aged well sort of thing. Okay. Throws on a red baseball cap. Just <laughs> you're right. Just it's not. A, I good. believe it's a 49ers cap, so I c- okay. it can be forgiven. Okay, uh, sure, because sure, sure. that cap is going to be red, but you clock it for sure when you see right. a red baseball cap. I, I wonder if that's going to be something that's from like the 2015s to 2025. Like this decade is like a red hat means MAGA. Yep. Um, I, not trying to not trying to trigger anybody. I'm not trying to make any political say. I'm just saying a red hat does not age well right now. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, it it ages even less well than the it looks like completely denim outfit he has on. So, so he's got like, <laughs> well, no, maybe he has khakis on. He has a long sleeve uh, denim shirt with a tie. No, you I, know I he, love that look. Yes. He it's total Jerry Seinfeld. It's mm-hmm. denim. It's jeans, it's Levi's jeans with uh-huh. sneakers. That yeah. is the and a and a sport jacket. And that was like cool. That was like high fashion for, for totally these dads. Cool. Totally cool. That that is uh and it's all kind of baggy. Yep. But it looks cool. It does look cool. Yep. yep. He's got a really cool car. Very um, cool. Kind of a convertible. He lives in this made-up Southern California town where everybody knows your name, right? It's mm-hmm, just this mm-hmm. such a Nancy Myers town mm-hmm. that this is happening in. So they don't live in the city, God forbid, in L.A. And right. they're not so rich that they live in Beverly Hills. It's just this made-up middle town. Yeah. yeah. Upper middle, though. So this right now, there's another oh, stricken man. here. Upper middle. Super. Yeah, like where like there's a lot to be said about like how like how how much he's worried about paying for this thing right um clearly they make a lot of money but also the money in this movie is completely out of whack as well which we'll probably get to yes i did the math on some of the money here. yeah it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense they really are reaching to make this an issue for this guy and they have some sort of i mean the number i came up with for what the wedding costs is so massive <laughs> that you forgive him for any trepidation he has in this entire movie. He is in the right. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering who the protagonist is, yes. it's Steve Martin. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so actually Aaron and I talked about that last night because we did watch it together. Fun date yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually have a live audience because my Lily, my Lily, who one day I'll mm-hmm. be the father of the bride too. Right is 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 oh, laying right here, and she's not feeling well, and she was she got sick in the middle of the movie, right? Um, and uh, and so, but anyways, Aaron was like, Aaron did say this. He's a little bit self centered, <laughs> and yeah, and, and and then I was like, now the movie is called Father of the Bride. What why what at what point was she thinking that? I'm curious. I think or is it the just the ma- overall vibe? <laughs> a little bit overall vibe. Um, and I wasn't trying to knock her down with that. I was just like, clearly he's the protagonist. Right. right? Like the movie is about Steve Martin. 
But I understand where she's coming from in that yes. sometimes you're like, who's in the wrong in this conversation yeah, that they're the having part, right now? You're right. Your hero character, you're supposed to feel for them. But like, okay, I, I think maybe the part that she said that the most was when they're going over the guest list of starting with 500 people. One of my favorite scenes in the movie. Oh, totally. But like every, it, 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 he, he was he was doing these kind of like, not just like side eye rolls and stuff. He was like legitimately being like, every single thing that costs money is like, uh, uh, uh. and like, <laughs> she was kind of feeling like, and I actually felt this too, which was like, it was making Annie, his daughter, feel uh -huh. like real bad. Right. Now, you I know have I mean? complicated feelings about Annie's attitude throughout this whole movie also. Okay. Um, okay. But my favorite thing that Steve Martin says in that scene is when Annie... All right, what about Harry Kirby? We haven't seen him in ages. Uh, I don't know. Didn't Harry Kirby die last year? Yes. Good. Great. <laughs> he doesn't have to come to them. <laughs> and, I mean... Uh, Totally. It's this is not a particularly well written movie, but I do appreciate sometimes you're that you have to think scene by scene like who's being the brat in this movie in this yep. scene um, because That's there's a, good, a lot of brattiness that happens, mm -hmm. um, but they kind of trade who's being the brat. I, I think that I mean this the next scene after so he gets a call at Sidekicks, your daughter's home, yay, puts on his best denim. Shirt and red cap and rushes <laughs> home. Yes. <laughs> um, then there's this dinner scene where it's uh, Diane Keaton. Um, his, his daughter is back from Europe. Yep. Rome. And then Kieran Culkin, his 12-year-old, are there eating dinner. Yep. Um, and th this is a. I think this is probably a good way to think about who's in the wrong in this conversation, right? She comes home and says, I got engaged. Mm -hmm. Didn't tell them. Yep. This is the first they're hearing it. You find out later that the in-laws knew and they and Steve Martin and Diane Keaton didn't. Totally. He's he's upset about this for good reason, I think. But also he's upset about it because he's kind of being a brat about his daughter not being his precious gem that only he can hold anymore. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. So you're kind of wondering who's in the wrong here. For sure. Hold on. Let me chunk in here. Okay. Okay. My first piece of evidence is right here in that uh -huh. in the writing of the movie, uh, they get right to the conflict right away. I mean, this is what we're talking about is still like three, four minutes into the movie. Yes. I love this. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely this. This dinner is a really amazingly written scene and incredibly yeah. acted between Diane Keaton and Steve Martin because yep. it could almost be a split screen of two completely mm -hmm. different. They're two completely different reactions. Right. And yep. I love watching it twice and watching both faces. Like Steve, every single thing, you, you know, he kind of redoes this in Cheaper by the Dozen, actually, when sure. his oldest daughter is talking about Ashton Kutcher's like career. And yeah. he, he's actually doing a lot of the same facial movements, but almost I didn't even think about it till right now, almost parodying this scene, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of face work in this movie that there Steve is. Martin is doing. Yes. And it's good. 
Um, I also like the little touch of when he looks at his daughter and all of a sudden she's eight. I love it. That's absolutely perfect. Dad, I met a man in Rome and he's wonderful and brilliant and we're getting married. It is how you <laughs> see your kids on some level. It certainly is how he sees his kids I, in this I movie. Know. And I think that that touch is is a really... And then the, he gets called on it later and denies that he sees her that way. Um, yep. But obviously he has flashbacks later about her being a baby and playing basketball mm, and all these things, mm-hmm. right? And so I really like without without having to be told that this is how he sees her and that's going to be a struggle for him. Yep. They put this eight-year-old lookalike in for just a 30-second Maybe uh-huh. less than that. Ten seconds of screen time. It's pretty yeah. good. So good. I love that they set it up right away. You're like, okay, this is what this movie is about. Right. Is you and you put it perfectly. Who's being more bratty? So Yep. Is it him? Because Aaron actually did say, kind of wish we had Aaron here right now. She's at school. Mm. Um that uh it's a lot to spring on the parents. Totally. This is like, it's too, like, you know what? Lily's right here. I would be pretty ticked. Me too. I would be ticked. Yes, like, he, he's not in the wrong here. Now, this is perfect. You meet an unemployed, amazingly brilliant non-ape that I'm going to have to support. I suppose I'm going to have to hire him and fire some hardworking guy with three kids because my son-in-law, the, the independent communications consultant, can't get a job anywhere else. I wonder he'll move anywhere you get a job. You're not getting married, and that's it, and that's final. I would be ticked a lot through this movie if I was him. Like, you are wanting me to spend how much you did what you yeah. reserved what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I think that Myers is trying to actually play that game with you throughout the movie, where mm-hmm. you're, whenever you're like, oh, come on, Steve Martin, get over it. Then you find out that the guest list is 570 people. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, and you're like, okay. Or that the cake costs twelve hundred dollars. Well, what is that? Is is that dollars? Twelve hundred dollars? Beloved Master Vice, this is a very reasonable price for a cake of this magnitude. A cake franc is made of flour and water. My first car didn't cost twelve hundred dollars. That feels like a am I wrong about this? That feels also kind of nineties that only the family of the bride pays for anything, including flying relatives from Norway or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's here, let's jump to a stricken real quick. <laughs> Sorry, I mentioned that too early, but we're Great. in this brat conversation. But yeah, I'd be mad about that. Oh, no. Pr- yeah, like I, I wanted to strike that one from the record. The Copenhagen family tickets. Copenhagen, right. Like... Yeah, that is that is not a, that is jammed in there by by Nancy Myers. I mean, you to, it's totally fine because it's funny. Like, and I do think it might be on purpose to get you back on his side. Honestly. Yeah, you're like, what? I mean, <laughs> now there was the scene or the the mention that they had offered to help him pay, right? And, and he won't accept that, right? That so that's pure again. That's pure pride. And that feels if, very like 90s or before, like manly, masculine dad. No, I can't have these Beverly Hills people pay a penny. This is my job. Yeah, but but what, what was the calculation? 570 guests at 250 people ahead is $143,000. 
1991. In, in 2022, that's three hundred and ten thousand dollars. Okay, that's just. I mean, okay, maybe the Kardashians when they have weddings. I wouldn't right. be surprised if it cost this. Our budget? I think I still would. I think if I knew that Khloe Kardashian was having a wedding and it cost <laughs> a third of a million dollars. Yeah, you're right. I would be like, too much. This is the the humble owner of sidekicks is expected <laughs> to do this. Totally. I so that's where it completely jumps the shark for me. Is I was like, this is completely unrealistic. Th- like that's where it jumps into like a fantasy. Akin to Lord of the Rings. Like this is this it might look like these are people, but I think it's elves and trolls we're watching right now because nobody's gonna spend that much on a so there it goes too far to get you on his side. But that yeah. The I, I think the touches of like the Copenhagen relatives and um the the you see the price of the cake, the swans. Are yeah, all yeah. kind of like, okay, this is a little too far. But I would yep. also strike the price of the wedding itself. Too much. Okay, yep. Okay, so strike that. Strike the Copenhagen tickets. Um, right. Yeah. Aaron said, okay, two, two comparisons that he makes. This wedding costs more than their house. Did, yep. I think he said yep. that. He says that in the opening monologue. You're right. And then the cake costs more than his first car. Yeah, I actually like that touch. It, yeah, the cake the cost more than a vehicle. Yeah, I also like that. That now you're imagining what his first car was. Yes, that's that's good. <laughs> now, um, so Aaron actually paused the movie here. Yeah. So now, now, um, she said, "This is a waste of money," and this is a total waste. She said, "It's." I, I wrote this down. I was like, "Okay." She said, "It's one day." It should be special and significant, but it does not need to be lavish and wasteful. And you don't even yep. remember half the people that were there 20 years later. We spent, I, one time Jessica paused and said, we spent a hundred times less on our wedding. We had a budget. Our budget for our wedding was $3,000. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> And and we still get compliments from people that it's the best wedding they've ever been at. Now, you say that to people because you want to make them feel good. No, your wedding was awesome. Like, the food was awesome. The dancing was awesome. I mean, Jesus was right at the center of it. The multicultural vibe. So many Each one of Jessica's bridesmaid wore a different dress of an international student that she had ministered to as a college student, right? I mean, so... You think? I mean, Jessica was Jessica does not like this movie as much as I do because of that. Just she can't get over the Nancy Myers. How are we going to figure out how to get this guy in trouble? We need it to be a three hundred thousand dollar problem that he just does. Yeah. Okay. I I have a massive thing here that I think we probably need to push if we don't. We likely won't have enough time. To the results show because I my question for you and I wanted you to percolate is Mm -hmm. how would your wedding be how would you do it differently now? Right, that's a good question. We should talk about that on results show, or we could just make that its own app content. (laughs) Um, Okay, so George Banks is upset about this announcement that has been kind of dumped on him early in the movie at dinner. Yep, Um, but nothing, nothing's too difficult 
that can't be solved by a little basketball, one-on-one basketball mm. game outside. Mm-hmm. And so he and his daughter, Annie, play basketball. I suppose you're not in the mood for a little one-on-one? Daddy, I'm wearing heels. Come to the right place. This outfit is this outfit she's wearing, which is like a black dress with yep. sidekicks, white sidekicks. Yeah. Hair tied back is. Um, I saw this movie when I was a senior a lot with my current girlfriend then. Not my current girlfriend now, but then. Yep. And she was obsessed with this outfit and modeled her fashion after this girl. <laughs> Wow, so she was her a big, fashion a big icon. Deal 90s. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's she looks incredible when uh, when they're like, our daughter has just come back from Rome mm-hmm. for the summer. <laughs> yep. The music yeah. swells. She walks in, and you're like, absolutely beautiful. I mean, yep. perfect. Phoebe Cates couldn't have done it better, right? It, and this, the, I think the side, the white sidekicks really complete the outfit when oh, she's yeah. playing basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, then they meet Brian. Brian comes over. Brian McKenzie. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Brian McKenzie. Very handsome man. Hello, Mr. Banks. It was the first time I ever hated the sound of my own name. George Newburn. I don't know him from anything. Uh, I don't think. So besides I these two up, movies. I guess he's done quite a few things. And also he is a huge audiobook voice. Oh, hey, I like that. Which is sounds George like what? Newborn? Newburn, N-E-U-B-E-R-N. Apparently okay. on Audible, he has hundreds of titles. Wow. Okay. Which that's well, there you awesome. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I so, know. He's also in Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, that's where yeah. I recognize him from. He's the yes. handsome guy in uh-huh. Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Okay. And I, I also think, think he was big in Friends or something. Like he shows up in Friends a lot. Okay. As one of their recurring boyfriends, I can't remember which. Um, yeah, I I th- I like him. In, I like his hair. Mm-hmm. It's very ninety one. Yep. Kind of like side, kind of like center part, but a little bit, little. It's kind of mussy and you know fussy. It's 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 a good haircut. Yep. Very good. He, uh, I think he's, it's great casting because he's mm-hmm. not overly threatening. He's not. Th- th- that's right? a great call. Yeah. It's like, not a movie about like, my daughter's going to marry like Ashton Kutcher even, right? My yeah, daughter's yeah. going to marry some misbehaved person. And it's not also like my daughter's going to marry a woman or my daughter, my, my <laughs> white daughter is going to marry a black guy, which there's a lot of movies like that, right? right. Yep. Th- there's nothing really to base nope. his being upset, right? Yep. He's not a racist dad there's, who, yeah, whose daughter's going to marry a, a Hispanic yeah, guy, right? It, right. It's, it's, it's not he get out. He just is upset because it exists. Yeah, this isn't guess who's coming to dinner or get out or something like that. Right. Oh, that's a great. Yep. You know, it's just like, that he doesn't like the idea of wedding. He doesn't like that marriage exists for his daughter. Yep. They could have played that up. I think it's perfect the way it is. Like, they, they he could have been this, right, even too a gentle Thor. for that. Even right. a Thor or like a really, <laughs> right. you know, so like a super ripped guy. Overly he's handsome. A, there's really nothing special yep. about this guy that would be. He's the safest person. 
it's actually great <laughs> that this girl could ever ever he's not great and he's not bad it's just uh-huh. like he's this guy um so they have this meeting there he's uh, obviously george is upset because he's touching her leg and all this stuff then they go out and then there's like this very 90s thing that happens which is they they say they're gonna stop for a cappuccino on the way home mom don't wait up okay we might stop for a cappuccino oh okay fine well good night brian good night um Good night, Mr. Banks. Oh, you can call him George. Or Dad. <laughs> George will be fine. Nine o'clock at night at this point? Ten o'clock? You're yep. not going to... They just have to say cappuccino in a 90s movie, I guess. Totally. And they've just been in Italy. Oh, you that's know, true. So, You're so right. I, I feel like it's... They, they're, you know, this is where we met, and, and this is our the culture in which we were, like, hanging out in. So, like, everybody gets a cappuccino, you know? I, I feel like that yeah. was a little, little nod to that. Um, there's right. one, there's two lines in here that, that happened real quick. Just, I'll drop here, um, mm-hmm. that I really like the one that was really hard for me was like, he's, she says, he's like you dad, except he's brilliant. Ooh. <laughs> She's the brat here. No, <laughs> yeah. that was just like, she, she hundred percent didn't even know what she was saying. No, no, no. Yeah. She what does I, not. She, she's not saying that to be mean. She's, she yep. thinks that's a compliment. Yep. Don't, totally. Yeah. Um, so there's, so that, yeah. So that's like a, a, um, a backwards compliment or some, or, uh, you know, something like that, that he is yeah. like, he takes, she doesn't even hear what she said because she's talking right. about him. He's taking it as he's talking about him, like the right. dad and I'm not mm-hmm. brilliant. Right? right. And then the absolute dad is replaced when the, the jacket. Annie, it's a little nippy out. You might want to put on oh, a sweater. Dad, it's okay. I'm kind of warm. So there's a chill in the air and you've been on a plane. Dad, I'm fine. Annie, it is kind of cold out. It is? Yeah. All right, thanks. I'll get my jacket. Right. right then I realized my day had passed. She'll always love me, of course, but not in the same way. I was no longer the man in my little girl's life. I was like an old shoe, the kind we manufacture and get all excited about and then after a few years discontinue. That was me now. Mr. Discontinued. Wait, can Lily hear this right now? She can't. Send another, another, okay, I love the... And don't forget to fasten your condom. Dad! Seatbelt! I meant... I meant seatbelt. Also, after he leaves, I really like that they're leaning into a little bit of the double standard from George, which is like, he can't believe she's getting married so young, but he was younger. Yes. Everything is like, it's not the same. Like, you don't understand. We sold our, we did it in every room at my parents' house, but yep. that's that's different because it was us. This yep. is her. You're so um, right. And there's just some, I, I think that part is also well-written because I think that is a double standard of parents and kids that has existed for generations. Totally. Where I know I did that, but they can't do it. No. What about the way he kept touching her? What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? He couldn't keep his hands off. Oh, yes, kind of like when we were engaged, except that wasn't all you couldn't keep off me. That was different. And, and we certainly never acted that way in your parents' house. Ah! Oh, you want me to name all the rooms we did it in at my parents' house? That was different. We were like two imbeciles. Here's where Aaron and I did a little IMDb research. Because we were mm-hmm. like, how old is Steve Martin here? And how old is Great Diane question. Keaton here? Yeah. Steve Martin here is 45. Okay. And Diane Keaton is 44. Okay. But this is, for the first time, maybe, a appropriate aged couple. It's, it's actually exactly because when she said she was 22 and she had Annie and Annie is 22. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, let's look it up. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I mean, the thing the thing that blew my mind, bro, is that Steve Martin is a year older than you in this movie. Yeah. And had perpetually white hair. So that is I've always thought him to be older than he is. Um he went gray when he was like 20 or something. <laughs> yeah. Krause. And embraced it. Totally. Um, Love it. Wasn't there a guy so on I do, American Idol like that? You mean Taylor Hicks? Yeah. One of my fa- my favorite American Idol winner. Ever. There you go. Like silver hair. <laughs> yep, I was totally... I think his fans were called the Taylor Train or something like that. I can't remember. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, the age actually... I love how the age works, actually. And they have to establish in this movie that she had... Um, her daughter really young or else the twist in Father of the Bride 2 won't work, which is that they're pregnant at the same time. Yes. Yep. I love that movie. Okay. Um, all right. So they then there's this kind of like they go to meet Brian's parents in Beverly Hills. And hmm. this is where Steve Martin, I think, really shines with his physical comedy because he falls off a roof and falls into a pool and yep. is running around like wild and crazy guy yep. everywhere in this house. Um I, I don't I don't love the scene, but I like the physical comedy of Steve Martin and also kind of like this establishing if you think they're rich, just wait. There are richer people out there. <laughs> well, I think, man, so now that we're adults mm-hmm. watching this movie, things change. I remember seeing this movie and thinking he didn't have a lot of money. Right. And I remember them going to this fancy Beverly Hills yep. establishment. All I could think about was the size of this place. We could have parked our whole house in the foyer. But looking at it now, actually, let me just let me just chunk in here, dude. Yeah. Okay, this movie, like, this is my second piece of evidence. This movie, like Home Alone, uh huh, ages in a really interesting and cool way because of its complex writing. Yeah. Which is that through your age, you change roles and you change your POV as you watch. Okay, it. right, because you say that now you watch Home Alone from the the from the, the perspective of the parents. Where when it came out, we were basically just a little bit older than Macaulay Culkin, and so it was like, yeah, I want to kill robbers. Yeah, yeah, with bowling balls. In as you watch Home Alone, you are Macaulay Culkin, and then as you yeah. start to have kids, you become the parents, and you're like. Right. How could you possibly leave them home alone? Also, these kids yep. are terribly mean to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, although that has switched now, and I, I, yeah. I just friggin' love it. it. It took a few yeah, years. Every couple of years, that switches for me. So yes. who do you relate to in this movie? Okay, so when I was younger, uh-huh. right, you're like, hubba hubba Annie. <laughs> right? Like, you watch this <laughs> yeah, movie, sure. and you're like, <laughs> yeah. dang. You know, like yep. that's that's what you watch this. That's that's what you think of when you're like young, like mm-hmm. you said, like a senior in high school. And right. Steve Martin is friggin' ancient. I mean, grandpa age. Totally. But he's only forty five. Yep. Wow. You, yeah. So, it, what did you relate to when this happens? When he well, goes to the the so, super rich Beverly Hills house. Well, so, so this time watching this movie, which I told you I haven't watched it in like 20 years, right, 10, 20 right, years, yeah. I'm like 100% Steve Martin. Yeah. Like middle class. I mean, he's mm-hmm. makes, you know, he's clearly like we said. He's they movie live in, middle class. Yeah. 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 He's <laughs> upper middle class. Um, I can't <laughs> yeah. remember where the, it actually is a real like 
beautiful place in California. Oh, I think the house is actually in Pasadena. Um, the real their house. house. Yeah, the one that they yeah, filmed. I, looked it up. I, I just I just looked up how how expensive it was, and it sold for two million in two thousand sixteen. So yeah. So, but I, but I saw this movie this time through Steve Martin's eyes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And yeah, Annie actually reminds me of Lily a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. scene where he's holding her and she's just crying, like that she acts mm-hmm. that scene out so well after the blender scene, and like, yep. I was like, man, this is me and Lily right now, yeah, a thousand percent, that's awesome. So yeah, that's what I mean about the writing though is like, yep, it ages and you change POV. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's interesting. Something that I thought of with the scene that I haven't thought of before was that there's always somebody to compare yourself to. Yeah. You can like, you can be rich, you can be successful, you can have great kids and you still feel like, Oh, my shirt isn't good enough because of this house I'm going to, or right. Wow. This person has seven. <laughs> the, the seventh door on the left is the bathroom. Like <laughs> seventh door on the left. Second. Seventh. Seventh anything you can compare yourself to so that that actually felt true to life to me um where it's just like yeah no matter what yep there's somebody else doing better than you for sure that you can compare yourself to well and uh i if if i did see this in college or later i would have mm-hmm. seen it through the eyes of meet the parents as well like that's another oh, reading right. mm-hmm. of this movie is you're brian yeah and like, what was that meeting like? Like, mm. I can remember bringing flowers to Aaron's parents' house yeah. when we were going to start dating, and like, wow, I knew them for a long time, but this time was different. Yeah. Uh, so I remember being Brian, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, and and could you imagine meeting in-laws? Like, what if you don't like them, dude? Uh, like, yeah. Wh- what if what if they've got red hats? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, phew, it's just a 49ers hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wipe the sweat off your brow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay. So they uh, he meets the pair. It doesn't go great, but it's fine. It's a funny scene. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have this conversation where they decide to get a wedding coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, George doesn't quite understand why. And... Just this is the part where Jessica is like, "Yeah, why? Why do you need a wedding coordinator? You guys are just, just you're gonna have the wedding at your house. Just do it, right? You so, run two small businesses. You can do this, <laughs> right?" Jessica's like, oh, "Exactly. You guys can plan a wedding." Anyways, it's good because the wedding coordinator ends up being Frank, played by Martin Short. Uh, I know, and this is gonna be a place where we disagree. Here, here's my evidence about Frank. I think Steve Martin is used the correct amount in this movie. Yeah. This feels like a Robin Williams and Aladdin thing to me where the genie doesn't show up until halfway through the movie and then he has some scene stealing parts. Hmm. Um, Martin Short. I love Martin Short. I know you don't, but I love him. Um, To me is best in very small doses. Mm, Okay. Yep, I uh, yeah. like Clifford is funny for about half an hour, and then it's like enough mm-hmm. with Martin Short pretending to be a ten year old, which is 
still pretty funny. I have to admit, it makes me smile and giggle. But it's a lot of Martin Short in that movie doing a very weird thing. Martin Short in this movie is doing a very weird thing. He comes up with an accent. I hate it when he talks in whatever made-up language it is. Mm. Flavin, Schlavin, shut up. I like it when he does an accent. That's funny. Um, And you get probably Holly Hunter in the firm amount of Martin Short here. Uh, And for me, that leaves me wanting more instead of saying no. I also love the existence of Howard Weinstein, B.D. Wong, who... Is is this a will they won't they between these guys? I don't know, but I right. love their partnership and, um, so that's uh, I am putting Frank forward as an evidence. You're the way you're looking to me is not the same for I, you. Okay, this this may be okay. This may be one of the most like your evidence is my stricken. I don't think we've yeah. ever had that before. I'm I'm wondering if we have maybe we could go back and find one, but it sounds like the, this may be our kind of most stark difference. Yep, and man, you know I like hate being I'm not mean spirited. Okay, the closest I, I, maybe we got to this was was Interstellar, when yep. I was like the score actually is a strike against sure. in in a certain part of that movie is a strike yep. against for me. Yeah, and it was one of my favorite. It's like the reason right. that I watched the movie. Um, yeah. Okay. So let me just just riff for two seconds. Go. I love BD Wong. Yep. I Jurassic just, Park. Yep. Totally. And really funny in this. So fun. I do actually a pretty good uh, Howard Weinstein impression. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> no, no. It's two hundred and fifty ahead. <laughs> That's when he's on the phone call with him. That's perfect. <laughs> so there's my, there it is. Um, yeah, he's great. But it sounds like you don't love. I do you not love Frank or do you not love you Steve know, Martin? I actually, I mean don't, Martin Short. Okay, here here's what I here's what I wrote down, dude. Steve, or excuse me, Martin Short is to you is confusing. as Robin Williams is to me. Yeah, that makes like, sense. You and Alex can't stand Robin Williams. I friggin' love everything he ever does. Well, not everything, but I. I like some things that Robin Williams does, but for the most part, he's not my cup of tea. He could riff. I would watch all nine hours of Mrs. Doubtfire if I could. Like every <laughs> different reading of that. The rap. Um, you love the rapping grandma. No, you love the rapping dinosaurs. No, nope. nope, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. But like, so okay, so neither Aaron or I moved when Frank was on screen. Except, like, Aaron didn't laugh uh-huh. a, at all. Okay. And now, I love the line, um, get into the 90s. Like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to the 90s, Mr. Bonks. <laughs> that was great. Well, my favorite line of the movie. I loved that. And I, I maybe what it is is, like, I just feel it's very dated or something. Like, it... Yeah. It, it, it's yeah, like I a, know what you mean. A dated form of comedy that would not have, like, I don't know. You're um, right. You're right. It just doesn't do it for me. Now, I love, now, did I tell you about when Alex showed me Jiminy Glick for the first time? I was going to ask you if you like Jiminy Glick. Okay, the do you first, like Jiminy Glick? The first time I watched him, I was like, I hate this. <laughs> right. And it's Alex. The, the, it's, the, it's the YouTube, you have to watch this YouTube video. Yeah. 
problem, right? He, Where he the YouTube with, shower then becomes very sweaty because they can tell the person they're showing it to doesn't like it. Like, that was yeah, he, the case with UNL. He came to visit me in New York, brought that, and thought I was yeah. going to think it was the best thing ever. Didn't like it. But it has but, super grown on me, and now I love Jiminy Glick. Okay. I, I don't know if I, I can take a whole movie I of it. I adore but, Jiminy Glick. Yeah. I mean, him and Julie Louis-Dreyfus, one of the funniest things I've seen in my entire life. Yep. Him and Seinfeld, too, is so yes. amazing. So yep. good. So that that makes me feel a little better. Um, I don't know why. So, I, you know, like... Like I said on some other movie, I, I, I hate disagreeing, honestly, but I just found it super annoying, didn't laugh, and I wanted him to be to go away as soon as okay. possible. Okay. Yeah, sorry. this is definitely our starkest difference, maybe ever. Um, I, I like Martin Short because I like his, I think he's a good character actor, and because I can tell a lot of the lines in this movie are ad libbed. 100%. Yeah. Um, and I like it when that works. Um, I, w- I wonder what you would think of Steve Martin and Martin Short in Only Murders in the Building because they are both playing straight-laced, no character, basically. I mean, Martin Short does kind of play... He doesn't have an accent, though, I should say. He has a quirk where he only likes foods in dips, which is pretty funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, And he they was- do do funny, really some funny stuff in the final episode of the first season that feels very much like the two of those guys being okay. who they are yeah i need i need to see some of that i'm trying to think of other things that i like martin short in um he dude he you haven't seen the the apple plus show um with steve carell and like the one where it's like the morning the show morning show yeah no i haven't so he does play a like a douchebag role in that movie in that okay. show yeah like a guy that's like Ben me tooed or something like that. Okay. Uh, oh, dang it. That's kind of a spoiler. Sorry. Well, <laughs> that's I don't not, care. It's, it's actually not a spoiler. Yeah. Anyways, okay. and he was really, he was good. I think that's... He's, he's a really good actor. Yes, he, I think um, that's but what But it I, sounds to me like the character that he's playing in this yeah. and in many other... I mean, he really goes for it. And so he fully commits. I, I know what you mean about that this probably wouldn't happen anymore because it's sort of like a... Aren't foreign people funny? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yep, and sort of effeminate. Like he and he and he and Howard Weinstein are obviously playing gay, definitely. But I don't know that that seems dated to me too. The way that that's played. I don't know. Do I I need to apologize? This I don't know why this works. It's okay, dude. It's totally okay. I really like Frank. I like that they. He's not from any specific place. (laughs) I know it's so made up. Just an other, and that also is problematic. Probably. (laughs) Why do I like Frank so much? It's totally okay, dude. It could be couched in nostalgia as well. Yeah. Um. He. So I. I. And also, there's kind of like a. Can you believe Steve Martin and Martin Short are together in a movie again? I think totally. that's what was happening in in 91 where yep. th- they were a big deal. That I mean, obviously Three Amigos it was a big deal and it was like these two guys are in a movie again. Can you believe that? Yep. Um and then that happened again, I think, with Only Murders in the Building. Mm. That's th- this that's the, another version of what was happening in this movie. Sure. Where you're like these two like giants of comedy are yep. together in a movie. I'm trying to think of what a good like 
analog of this for now would be. Um, well, that's the thing. It, it still is them. I know. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about like when, um, uh, you know, the guy that plays Stefan in SNL. Right. Uh, Hater. Bill Hader, like when he was on Curb playing like. Right. Like, yep. I mean, it, it's not even close to as big, although they're both huge. Larry David and Bill Hader. Yeah. Um, I think maybe when the the 2000, what was it? 2016 Ghostbusters came out. Ah. Uh, and it was like Kate McKinnon and yeah. those other Melissa McCarthy and what's her face. And they're, they're like together. Like this is a comedy like perfect storm. Yeah. Lightning that in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so sorry you don't like Frank. It's okay. Um, dude. Well, I had do have welcome to the nineties, Mr. Bonks written down here because I love that. I love it. Uh okay, so then he gets the phone call from Howard Weinstein about the price. You're breaking up. It sounded like you said 150 ahead. No, no. Good. I was about to kill myself. It's two hundred and fifty ahead. And he's and he's kind of being he's kind of being like, I think here you're supposed to be feeling like he's a brat for being so upset about that price. But then he walks in and Annie's sleeping on the couch and she's got a magazine, bride magazine. And oh, no, the article she reading, you would imagine what she's reading about, like, you can do a wedding on a budget. I know that. Okay, where are you going with that? You have to hire a friend to take a picture. Oh. You have to, and these are, and so another thing that Jessica always says is, she's like, we did all that. <laughs> Suck it up. For sure. But it really affects Steve Martin, George Bonks here. And he's like, I'm never going to complain again. If my daughter has to read an article about having a friend help her uh-huh. to buy a cheaper dress, I've learned my lesson. And he stops complaining mm. a little bit. He complains a lot more throughout the movie, but this really changes him. From that moment on, I decided to shut my mouth and go with the flow. Okay, so I wrote down this scene. Mm -hmm. I, I said that this was heartbreaking because, you know, she's reading... Th th this is my read on it, okay? Okay, His yeah. sweet daughter is like she so i'm i'm already feeling like he's making her feel really bad now this is all the stricken of how much it costs yeah i i wish that that wasn't there because i just want to think of it as like this wedding is going to be like a 10 to twenty thousand dollar wedding right so yep. it's totally okay and he's just being a grumpy pants that's right and that's why that price is the biggest stricken 100 percent. yeah i think that's the biggest stricken you're right because yep. It is. It makes zero sense. Like I, like Aaron and I talked about it so much last night. Is yeah. like, you're not being a grumpy pants. This is stupid, right? And so that's why that magazine part for me is like, if I saw her reading that, I'd shake her awake and say, "Great, mark these pages down. This is a great way to save <laughs> yeah, yeah. me, yeah, fifty thousand dollars or whatever it's going to save me." And also, can you call your in laws and get them to fly there? Aunt who needs two seats on the plane themselves. <laughs> totally. And also they can go, well, let's go have these um, right. on the whole thing. Because did you see their house? Um, so <laughs> me reading it as me being Steve Martin and that that she's like, she's like, I just want to help my dad out. Like, 
maybe mm-hmm. he'll yeah. feel less bad. I was like, oh my gosh, it's been all about me and I feel horrible. That's how I read right. that scene and it broke my heart. And I was like, I hate this. Sometimes I watch that scene and I think she did it on purpose. Oh. <laughs> She's like, she like has the magazine open. Yeah. Waiting for him to come down. The mm-hmm. She's peeking out of one eye. <laughs> like, right. Oh, good. Totally, he fell for it. Totally playing on his emotions. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I get I get that. That that was heartbreaking to me. Um, just thinking of it as a normal budgeted thing and that her dreams were shattering a little bit. Right. And that yeah, she was definitely. feeling like she was making me go through all that turmoil. I was like, get over yourself to myself. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't ever want her to feel like that, basically. So he does have that moment. But then we cut right to this scene where the Frank and his posse come to the house and start telling George Bonks everything that's going to have to change in the house. And even though he's made this magazine decision, he starts breaking down with the chicken and all this stuff that he has to make decisions about. Tell Honk. It's not okay. If I had to move out all the furniture and add amps and repaint the walls and get a new tux and pay for swans, then I'd like the chipper chicken. Is that clear? He has this kind of breakdown and goes to get dinner. He's at the grocery store and has this whole thing about buns and hot dogs, which Funny. I think might be the most famous scene in this movie. Well, they're not ripping off this nitwit anymore because I'm not paying for one more thing I don't need. George Banks is saying no! And then he gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Goes to the nicest prison I've ever seen in my life. It yeah. looks like... <laughs> just that, that looks great. I would love to be in there. I know. Can I have some solitary for like two weeks? Like just by myself? So, sometimes I'm like, I actually think of that prison. This prison is kind of like a, I can't remember what you, what you were saying, where it's like a very tangible thing you remember in a movie for some reason and keep coming back to it. It's the yeah. sweater. Yep. It's the sweater vest in Independence Day for me, this prison. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking it would be really nice to have some sort of like, retreat there or you know what i mean escape in this prison well in, what's in the in the made-up california town didn't then the monks right they they called their their room their cell right i think right yeah so it's, nuns so, do too yeah yeah for sure so there's nothing wrong with with wanting some solitary some silence and solitude and it did look very nice <laughs> It looks very nice. He he has some time to think over again what he's done wrong, which I can't really understand why they would arrest him for having a little breakdown in the Super dumb, about yeah. buns and hot dogs. Um, but he gets bailed out and promises to be good again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, just tell her this is inappropriate. What's happening right now? Be, yeah, and we need to cut the price. But again, yeah. he's. Uh, he, he's been knocked down a peg and says, okay, I'll behave. Um, then there's this scene that I would cut. Oh, okay. Here we go. I find kind of boring is the blender scene. Oh, see, okay. You, you kind of need it, but okay. She, yeah, you're right. You kind of do. She comes in, she's all upset. Oh no, the wedding's off. Oh, previous to that is kind of this gifts and tuxes and dresses montage. Oh, yeah. Where they're getting so many engagement presents and everyone looks lamer than the last oh, to me. Who yeah. needs this crap? And all this silver junk. Like how Ew. many 
Totally. Like, where? <laughs> there is a re- there is a reappearance of cappuccino again. He gives her a cappuccino yeah. machine. Yep. His his parent, like Brian's parents, give them a car. There's kind of that conflict, but it's yep. pretty quickly resolved. The blender, though. Mm-hmm. This is a wedding killer. Mm. She receives a blender from him from Brian. Yep. As a wedding present, and she does not like that. That is that that's uh, 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 f- it makes her feel like a fifties wife. She's crying and crying for a long time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, it's just it's too much for me. Like this is her at her brattiest. Okay, me. it's the opposite of emasculating. I don't know what. Yeah, right. It's like, it's. Too, it's it's too it's too feminine a gift for her, right? It's too like fifties housewife, and um, it's thoughtless to her for some reason. Mm-hmm. She just seems so ungrateful to me in this whole mm-hmm. movie, yeah, but in yeah. this scene in particular, just have a conversation. You're gonna call the wedding off. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> So he has to comfort her, and she's crying, and it's like, forget it. Then he goes and saves the marriage to the bar with Brian, and then then he comes home. And I do like this part. They they kiss a lot on the stairs, and I do like that part. I'm a big fan. Oh yeah, I yeah I remember that. You like that in movies. Um, it, it's <laughs> like I like my food scenes. You like your smoochy woochy scenes. There's a no. I, it's it's and and then Steve Martin's standing there, and he feels awkward. And I kind of that's kind of funny too. That's funny. That is very funny. Yep. Um. Okay. So I love the scene for the most part. I totally agree. At the same time, you can get tipped off and and have an existential crisis over something as small sure. as a blender. Um, That's true. At the very when they're talking at the dinner table in my in my piece of evidence at the the beginning of the conflict, she says yeah. she relieves the tension a little bit. I think it's this scene. Where she's like, I'm not going to lose my identity with him because he's not some overpowering macho guy. I'm not going to marry some ape who wants me to wear go-go boots and an apron. Right, like I'm not yep. going to lose myself, I think she says something like that. Okay, so then the blender kind of is coming back around to that. Yes. These are things that she's self-determined about her life and the blender says something about her and about the gift giver. Yes. The future husband that she doesn't like, and so she wants to call the wedding off. Right. Like, she sees that blender as, like, everything that I thought was true about our future is not. You okay. know, like, I'm, yep. I'm, we're going we're gonna to be partners in this, and you're going to let me keep doing my architecture career, and I'm mm-hmm. going to keep letting you being an individual contractor or whatever it was, consultant. Right. And... And, oh, you're just going to want me in the kitchen. And then there was the lie, the lie that she thought was a lie that that he made up, that her dad. Right, that's true. Yes, that he had to clear up that that was actually the truth. Yeah. yeah. And then I and I really like, this probably could have all been zhuzhed and done way better. And maybe she would do it differently now after having written so many movies. Um, right. You did need to bring um, Brian and... Greg, uh, Greg George, together. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There is like a this part where he's like, "This is my chance to actually break them up." The narration, right? Okay, that might be but the most. In, instead, I, I decided to love my daughter more than I hate the, <laughs> the fact that she's getting married, and be with her and Brian in this instead of against them. Yeah, I think this might be the most 
selfless time for him because he could have, if he remained the way he was at the dinner table at the beginning right. of the movie, he would have sabotaged mm-hmm. that at that bar and been like, you were a jerk, and then not, he fixed it. Okay, that's true. He's you know? denying the call. If It's the hero's yeah, yeah. journey. Yeah, yeah. This Up there until that point, it's the denial of the call. Now he's accepted his lot in life, yep. and he's going to be the hero and pay out a, a third of a million dollars <laughs> for eight hours of activity. Okay. Yeah. Um, then there's a scene that I actually think is, the for me, the best acted by Steve Martin and the most touching part for me is that there's this kind of Kieran Culkin moment where he they're practicing mm. going down the aisle and he's in the other room. It's the night before the wedding. She calls out, good night, Maddie. She, he says, good night, Annie. I love you. I love you. And Steve Martin in that moment realizes this is the last night I'm going to have both of my kids at home. Oh, and bumps, all bro. he does is he just stops in the hallway and touches his heart. Mm. And then... The next day is the wedding. I actually find I always find that scene very effective. I think Steve Martin is a really good actor. Yeah. Um, and there it kind of shows. So I just like that scene. I love and then that. basically the rest. Oh, he also has a bunch of flashbacks. Okay. <laughs> of his daughter while he's lying in bed and they play basketball again. Yeah. So the so right there is my that was the waterworks scene for me. Okay. Yep. was montage scene because actually music started and I really had to go to the bathroom and mm-hmm. I actually went and I just listened to the music and I okay. missed the montage and I was like, dang it, we're doing uh-huh. this for the podcast. I was like, yeah. Aaron, let's rewind one minute and 30 seconds. And then I was yeah. like, that was the most effective montage. It was the mo- it was the the baby, the five-year-old, yep. the teenager with braces I like it that they oh. put the kid that he saw at the beginning at the table back into that yeah, montage. I love that. Um, and then they kind of young Kimberly Williams down yeah. with braces <laughs> for when she's 17 or so whatever. good, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then they go out and play basketball together, mm. and it starts snowing. It This is, I mean, Nancy Myers working hard totally. right here totally. to make sure if you haven't gotten this relationship yet, you get it here. Yep. Um and then really the rest of the movie the next morning is the wedding and the reception. Um, it snows, which is nice, right? There's this whole blue tux thing that's happening, yep. which is funny. Another Frank moment where yep. he's like, that tux is blue. I liked that. And then that that joke keeps coming back. You dropped a button. Oh, it's navy. It must be yours. That kind of thing. Yep. Um, the, the wedding itself is something I also think they could cut down. We don't have to see the whole wedding. Come on, get real. They, 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 you, you see the whole wedding. There were other things that they, yeah. There, there's. You're totally right. Um, yeah, you don't need all is that. It, they, they did. Is do there it. a name for the wedding song? What's the wedding? Is um, there like an actual name for that it's song? It's actually Wagner. Um, okay, Lohengrin maybe. It's a. So it was used in one of the royal weddings. In England, like a long, long time okay. ago, in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> yeah, um, just just dropped in and used, and then it became the wedding song. It's Wagner, I think, Lohengrin. You're right, it is. L- listen to this guy; he knew exactly what it was. I'm talking about here comes the bride, yep, uh, rest in my that one. Yeah, Lily can play that it is, on the uh, on the recorder. She does it really well. 
<laughs> wow, they should have hired her. So you've got <laughs> they could have, they could have saved some money on the wedding band. <laughs> totally. That and Canon and D. Right. Is that is that Paco Bell? Paco Bell's yeah. Canon or not? Taco Bell. Um, yeah, Paco Bell. They they put that they play both of those songs in this very, which reminded me of Krause's wedding. Remember what happened at Krause's wedding? Hundred percent. Where he was like, I mean, this was like an hour before the wedding. Uh huh. And he's like, Oh, we don't have any music. Can you guys go find us some music? <sighs> and so we we went to Walmart. <laughs> Did we? I thought and it was Best Buy. It was Best Buy. You're right. And okay. it, we just found a wedding music. It was called Wedding Music. Uh huh. Or something. CD. Yeah. One of. That Ran back. There wasn't a CD player, so we had to get a discman, mm. hook it up to the sound system, yep, and play these two songs. If I'm not mistaken, I think so. For what the procession was, Packable's <laughs> Cannon, and then we played. Here comes the bride when they walk down. Yes, <laughs> crazy, insane. Dude. That like that yeah. wedding. Dearly love those guys. That. Maybe it's because we only saw it from Krause's point of view. Yeah, but that might be. Man, dude. I mean, that that's that's pretty That insane. was wild. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of when also I think when Tom and Joe were walking down the aisle and Tom turns to Hack and said, hey, can you DJ the reception? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so this walking down the aisle. <laughs> and remember what I did? Like I just played guitar. Oh, yeah. The open tuning guitar on E for like, yep. what do you think, 25 minutes? The music of Tom and Jill's wedding was my guitar. That's it. <laughs> Offertory. Well, I mean, they can say they have so. a, a famous bassoonist. Oh, yeah. Right. That played music at their wedding. But remember, That's you good. could play open tuning with that cut tuner or with that cut capo forever. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can make it last. <laughs> um, there, the, so the, you see the you see the full wedding. It's not long. I mean, it's like a five minute scene. Um, and then the big conflict, and then there has to be one more, like, oh, what's going to happen? Because yeah. at the reception, because there's so much that he has paid for, and so much activity going on, he can't find his daughter and kiss the bride. Mm. He doesn't even eat. There's there's parking issues. There's uh, there's food issues. There's the doors won't open, stuff like that. And then he's off running around trying to go on a shortcut to see her. And then she leaves. People throw rice, and she's gone. He never got to kiss the bride. Yeah. Okay. So there's two strickens in here. First yeah. stricken is the amount of cars that are parked in front of his house. That that feels like a very kind of visual. It's a hopeless situation choice that they made. Oh, but yeah. you're right. It's it's kind of ridiculous how many cars are in the road. Well, so that's stricken for me because it takes me out of the movie in its crayons dream. Okay, is yeah, I I can like, see that. Looking at that, I was like, how did those all get there? No, I I agree. It's a visual. Um, yeah, but I I like actually the point that you're making that it could take you out. Yeah, I was like, it, of, it actually, of really feeling bad because you're like, that is ridiculous and it, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. the police officers were able to pull right up to the front door, which also sequentially doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Great point. How did the police get there? <laughs> How did the, Great point. Um, yes. And then maybe this could be with your bratty theme. It's not bratty, but 
why didn't she look for him? Yep. You know, like sucks. That 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 takes you out a little bit too because she's so awesome. She is like, uh, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I like her. Is is she not? The, I like okay. her better in the second movie. I don't. I don't like her much in this movie. Really? I, okay. I don't know if that's on purpose. Hmm. Um, where uh, it's just she she just feels very. Is this is a hot take. I don't know. She feels very ungrateful to me. Hmm. She seems pretty entitled. Yeah. And that could come with growing up with a lot of money. Sorry, but that can. <laughs> it's like, no, I just, and I've been dreaming of this wedding my whole life. And I'm going to get whatever I want. Yeah. She's not a bridezilla, though, at all. Not a bridezilla, but it's more subtle than that for me. It's more like, I want what I want, dad. And she can also kind of work him. And I've noticed that in a couple of viewings where she knows his buttons. And she can give puppy dog eyes at certain points, and mm. he is putty. Mm. And I just don't love it. Okay. It it annoys me about her. Got it. Yeah. That's, um, yeah the, the, and sometimes yeah. I think, like, Brian is just there, like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's a non-threatening presence. Um, okay. One one thing we, sk- we skipped over a little bit. Um, mm. I I love... Uh, this one line um when they're going to walk down the aisle together yeah uh and she says hold on dad right mm-hmm. i love that line and like not only is she waiting for the cue but i almost feel like right then she's going to be present for a minute and actually enjoy this moment this it's a yeah. ma moment where she's like, right. this is the this is the um, fulcrum at which, or not the fulcrum. This is this is the point at which we are no longer gonna be. I'm no longer gonna be um, a single, you know, single woman. Yep. And it's just me and you, Dad. So, you know, I I wonder if it's because you have girls and I don't. This may be this may be what we're running into. Okay. Is my read on that scene is totally different. Okay. She wants to follow, she wants to know when to go out. Like she's saying, don't rush this because it's not our turn yet. And he's looking at her like, yep, she's great. She's always in control. She knows what to do. So I've never thought about that <laughs> moment the way that you're saying it. I can <laughs> see it now. Yeah. But for me, uh, toward the end of this movie, I'm so kind of done with her Ah. <laughs> that I'm just like, she's even telling him what to do. Right now, just let the guy walk down the aisle with you without bossing him around. <laughs> That's amazing because uh, I was so swept up in in them right then oh, that yeah. I was okay. like, "Interesting." She said, "Hold on, Dad. She's present." Hold on, Dad. Annie overwhelmed me. She was as calm and cool as I'd ever seen her. Very unbanks-like. Mm. And. I loved that idea of because earlier he said she is me. Right. And I love that idea that he's like, she's me, but better. Like she's. Can you, I can't remember. Does he say she is me? Yeah. Like as a point of pride for him or in like, oh man, she's just like me. Uh, she, I can't remember. I think he's like, she's like me and he's like, um, my wife, 
Um, oh, that's right. I Nina. remember that. I like that actually. Yep. And he's like, and mm-hmm. they work together perfectly because I have strengths and weaknesses. She has strengths and weaknesses. They do too. I like it. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think you're right. Like he was like saying, yep, she flew off the handle and freaked out just like I would. Yeah. Okay. But in this place, she's like, he's like, but she's basically able to to not freak out in this really right. crazy moment. He's proud moment. of her growth or yeah. proud of her difference. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I'm just I'm just thinking right now. Oh, by the way, the movie ends and she does call him on the phone, and that's very nice, and it's actually a pretty sweet moment. And hello, Dad. Hi. Where are you? At the airport. Our plane's about to take off, but I couldn't leave without saying goodbye. Thank Mom for everything, okay? Dad, I love you. I love you very much. I love you too, sweetheart. Thanks for calling. And have a great honeymoon. Thanks, I will. Bye. And then they, they, uh, they, the last scene is them dancing and it's the nuts. I mean, that was my favorite end dancing scene and then end game came along and took that over. But I really love this scene where they're dancing. Um, and then it's a classic, the end script, right? Um, why do I like this movie? So I'm never going to be the father of a bride. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I just, there's so many things that you connected with in this movie that, I didn't, and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is such a. I think it's the Nancy Myers of it. Sure. My bonus. My bonus chunk in. I only. I think I only did one chunk in. But um, my first chunk in was how gentle it is. I don't think I chunked in on that. Okay. My last one is a bonus, and it's the kitchen. Mm. Like I love Nancy Myers kitchens. I yes. love the, you already talked about this, the design of the homes, the food, everything like that. I think she does it perfectly. So maybe in the, maybe in the results show, I can give you my top five Nancy Myers kitchens. Um, this is number two. <laughs> so I like that about it. There's the comfort gentleness of it, but it's just hitting me right now that I don't really have anything to relate to in this movie. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a plus for me. Yeah, maybe you're just taken out of your life, you know, and just yep. put into another yes. like super comfortable, slightly, you know, um, like we said, like not high stakes, you know, conflict. I, I don't re- I don't relate to George <laughs> because I can't. I, I mean, when my kids are going to get engaged, I'm going to be overjoyed. I'm going to I'm going to love the wedding. I doubt I'll cry. <laughs> that's probably too that's probably too much. I'll probably cry. But not because I'm I mean, Noah graduates from high school tomorrow. Mm, yeah. And I am so thrilled and happy about that. Mm-hmm. Part of me, of course, is sad that he's gonna go, but I love that he's going to college, he's making his own way. I love all that. Um, and so there's something even annoying to me about George Banks, about like how his life is so tied up. Yeah. With his kids and can't even handle it. So I don't like like that. Uh-huh. I like Frank. Is it Frank? Maybe Frank's if Frank the, is the key the, for me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I mean, 
I really interesting. It's that's so interesting, dude. I I think it's a it's a it's it's a carton of fish food ice cream or like mm-hmm. it's something that just a cheeseburger. I don't know. You know, it's it's something that just makes you feel good. That you just yeah. enjoy. You just let it wash over you and it does good things to you and probably some bad things to you, you know. Um but it sure. just it it you just enjoy it, you know. Now, I will say that I relate to George Banks a lot more in the second movie. I'd love you to watch the part two at some point. Okay, for sure. Maybe even before the results show. Okay. Um, Because it's more about aging and more about being a new dad. I remember Mm. really relating to him more in the second one. Okay. Um, And I really like his relationship with Nina. I think that they're really funny together. I think that... They have kind of like a give and take, and they're very happy in their marriage. I really love that. So I do relate to him in that way. Okay. Yeah. I guess um, the, the the main takeaway I had from this movie, I think this movie is about change. Yep. It's about embracing and accepting change. I love this. Yes. And, uh, you know, like... Like the like, I remember a pastor once saying, "The only way past something is through it." Uh huh. Um, you can't go around it, and so right. like, change is really, really hard. Yep. Um, <laughs> Willie just said, "Can't go over it." Can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this movie is about change, and he is very set. Yeah. In his ways, and he needed to be like torn away from that yep and i think there's a part of me that's like that too um change is also exciting mm-hmm. you, you get you get a brian yeah and also you're not gonna lose her coming down the steps like he said um i just realized i'm never gonna see annie come down the stairs again um that's right. not true and she she does that three hours later. So he's kind of also wrong. The fact that he'll never do that. Like yeah. she comes those down those steps hours later again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I just want to tell you, I really love the t- this take on the movie. And I think you're right. Mm. It's about change. Mm. And I think if I was going to make one more plea to people that it is perfect, it's back to like, does this movie do what it's meant, like what it sets out to do? And I mm-hmm. think it's written in a way to set this kind of guy, this kind of guy up against a massive change that's coming in his life and mm. the way that you, that you see his process throughout the movie is really fun to watch and mm-hmm. also feels pretty true to life to me and it's all yeah. done in these pretty amazing kitchens and tan shirts and <laughs> red caps and <gasps> yeah. I mean he wears this blue sidekick sweatshirt that I just lust after I want the sweatshirt. That's I my know. like Bruce Willis in yep. in the Sixth Sense sweatshirt for me. Yes, the 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 way that outfit that he plays basketball in. Mm-hmm. Great outfit. You could maybe have. I think you could update the jogging pants a little bit. They're a li- It's like a light gray loose with like yep. tight bottoms. What would you call elastic bottoms? Right, elastic yep. ankles. Drawstring. Actually, yeah. elastic ankles is cool now though. Yeah, but you know what I mean? That certain elastic, not like a, um, like it's kind of like a spiraled elastic at the oh, bottom for, of no, those sweatpants. Sure. Yeah. Update those. Mm-hmm. 
because joggers have come a long way, but the shirt, perfect. The shoes could be no, they're sidekicks. Yeah, I love the line. He's wearing Nikes, right? Like he gets so mad. Yep, um, that comes back in the second one too. Uh, oh. And then he makes those sneakers for her for her wedding. That mm. honestly, those look bad. Sorry, George. <laughs> I was. You're right. I was gonna say that's that was cute because it is. But it you're is right. The cute. Ex- the execution terrible. Those That's look a awful. bad execution of a wedding shoe. Mm-hmm. Even if it's supposed to be a sneaker, you can't just put doilies on a sneaker and expect it to. Wow. Um, okay. But that's the prop department. I think that's the prop department. You're right. Strike them. Strike it. Because the idea is cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not well executed. Okay. Now it's up to you, nation. I know this is a long shot. Choices often are. When we bring in our personal choices, we know that they are long shots, but we can't not talk about them. Um, Mm -hmm. So is Father of the Bride not only great, which I know everyone agrees with, including how much Mm -hmm. they love Frank, but is it perfect? That's what we want to know. Best place to go to vote for that is on Instagram. That's at Two Gomers. Um, You can go to our website, Facebook, Twitter, and email also and let us know, but Instagram's the place to be. Thank you. our webmaster adam jason for our graphics davis for our music annie for our social media listen we went back and forth on are we going to do father the bride or top gun in june Mm -hmm. yep we came up with all sorts of ideas on how to make both those work the one we landed on was steven's choice father the bride for the main Mm -hmm. for the main feed (laughs) right perfect movie for our 6.2 patreon givers you're gonna get an indefensible colon top gun yes so we are gonna do top gun could there be a more different well there could be but if father the bride is a warm gentle blanket top gun is like a sweaty tarp (laughs) or yeah like it's just a mist of manliness (laughs) yeah you breathe it in <laughs> Your muscles get bigger. Um, and yep. For some reason, you're just glistening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we are doing Top Gun in June. It'll be a f- for our six point tours only. Um, so go to Patreon.com. I know you're there right now because you're getting this in 2022. But make sure if you'd like to get an extra bonus episode every month, go up to six point two. Why don't you? Um, Sweet dude. Then next month. I know we always say our movies and sometimes they're not right, but we're really going to try to do Oh Brother, Where Art Thou with Jason, yes. friend of the show, Jason. Um, can't wait for that. We have not done a Coen Brothers yet, and so I'm so excited about that one. Mm, me too, dude. And Holly Hunter back it. in full force. Uh, okay, if you had to pick Holly Hunter or Frank. Oh, come now. You're going to make me choose between... No, no, no. I'm not. No, no, no. no. I'm not going to make you choose. Those, it d- it, d- it the, depends on what movie the... she's in, I suppose. I mean, she's a better actor. Firm, though. The firm Holly Hunter versus <laughs> Father of the Bride, Steve <laughs> Martin, or Martin Short, I should say. I'm going to need some. T- I'll get back to you on our results show on this one. That is All a right. that is a apples and oranges. I'm not sure I could choose. Yeah, for sure. Um, dude, thanks for picking this movie because honestly, I hadn't seen it forever. We've had a couple of hot takes on the podcast for years about it. Right. And um, spending two days with this movie, researching it, mm-hmm. watching it, having a date night with Aaron, interrupted by our sweet Lily getting sick. 
Oh, bummer. So actually being a father. Yeah, that's true. You get like an intermission where you actually get to be the father. That's pretty good. The father. This is Peter McAllister. The father. Yeah. There something interesting happened in these two days where Lily like really needed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. I don't know. It kinda worked out well. So um I really enjoyed this and great. I kinda wish we would have bought it instead of rented it. Because we only rented it. Well, um, I can send you the VHS. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Looks great on Apple though. It looks great on HD. It does. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to give that a shot. All right. Well, <laughs> great app. Super fun man. All right, and happy watching, O oh Brother, Where Art Thou?